0: A rich man's world, I
1: have turned the storm of this life, the beauty land, but that beauty I, a rich
0: man's world, I have turned the storm of this
2: okay. life, beauty land, but that So how you been? I've been fine, uh, uh Sophia, um, uh, I, I, I was gonna ask you the exact same question, um, <laughs> Uh, it's, cause actually it's been, when did you graduate? I forget exactly. You graduated in, um, 2019, 20... in 2019. So right before the pandemic, Right,
1: Correct.
2: Uh, uh, which is great. Cause you know, I, cause I remember us always being in class and yeah. in, in class uh, together. And of course, since then, uh, all of my teaching at MSNU, Mount St. Mary's, you know, where you went to school, where I mm-hmm. teach have, has been online. Wow. Uh, and, um, uh, yeah, i I'm even, I'm even, Teaching online right now. The, the first day of school was yesterday. Oh, um, and I'm teaching. I'm teaching online. Now, I don't have to teach right. online. Um, the students are back in school, but all all of the all of the ladies that I'm teaching are were perfectly happy to, to do it online. For one thing, the class would have been at the Doheny campus, yeah. and a lot of them are at the you know Shalon campus. Oh, I see. And that's a thing, you know, getting from there to there, you know, and costs money and all of mm-hmm. this. And, and I'm like, you know, I'm not trying to make anybody spend any money, yeah. you know, yeah. driving or getting an Uber or whatever. That's crazy, particularly now, as you know, it's costly. Uh So I just, I just, I set up a, a, a Zoom link, as I have been doing, and I just open the Zoom link for class. And if anybody, if anybody wants to meet on campus at Doheny, they can and can. Right. But I just always open the Zoom link. And as far as I'm concerned, it, that's great. Um, you know, because you know the kind of classes I teach that you yeah. took with me, they're not the kind of classes where you have to be in the room no. with the person. Yeah. We're just right. talking. We're just talking. You know. You know. So you know. Anyway. So, but 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 school did start back, and I am teaching. As I said before, I've managed to 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 work my way through the entire pandemic without getting. COVID. I know. Me too. I have not me gotten to COVID yet.
0: I am so glad.
2: Now, you know. Hey, look, we're we're like we're like butterflies. Yes. <laughs> you know. <laughs>
1: I feel like
2: I'm immune to it at this point. Yeah, you know, something, but I but you know what? I've also been very careful. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, 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 I play the old black man card <laughs> uh all the time. When people try to get me to do stuff, you know, come to these events or whatever and I'm like, nope, I'm an old yeah. black man <laughs> Co- COVID is looking for me. <laughs> so I so I I yeah, so I just don't do a a whole lot of that stuff. Yeah. Some of it's fine. I still go to this, that or the other thing. But I am particularly, I I am still careful. I still wear my mask indoors. Uh, And uh, you know, uh, whatever, I'm kind of okay with it. I've I've, 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 I've lived through it. I'm I'm just gonna keep cranking the way I am. So anyway, how have you been? Uh, What have you been doing? What are you doing?
1: Um, I've been good. I work my receptionist job. I work in a Cairo office. So I'm always wearing my mask Um, because I work around older people, younger people. What's good is that people are still being careful it's rare when somebody comes in without a mask. And if they do, I have some on hand to offer, and they always take it. Um, and yeah. I'm doing this podcast right now that I'm starting uh, a new one. So I'm so excited.
2: Well, I'm excited for this, too. Look, I, my friends have been bugging me. Uh, a couple of us have been talking about doing a podcast. Now we, I, have, I have a podcast that I do with my buddy Wade. Mm-hmm. Uh, an audio podcast okay. Uh, but you know moving into the sort of video podcast realm yeah. is a thing that we talked about doing but we're only talking about doing it we haven't actually done it you did it yeah. <laughs> and so I'm probably going to bug you about some of this particularly the technical stuff sure you know sure. uh it, it, distribution and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. uh, you know, how did you get it on Spotify and blah 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 and all yeah. that kind of stuff I, of course. I'm definitely going to talk to you about some of that uh, get me up to speed so anyway I'm super excited can't wait
1: I know Um I'm so glad that you were able to do this that you gave me this opportunity I mean everything that I've learned is from you and I'm so thankful for somebody like you and have as a professor
2: well you're so sweet that note that you wrote me is on my refrigerator
0: <laughs> you still have it
2: yeah it's on my refrigerator it's on my refrigerator right now everybody everybody thinks, everybody thinks I'm so obnoxious yeah Really? You're just going to put it right there in the refrigerator? I'm like, yep. (laughs) That was lovely, Sophia. Of
0: course. course. uh,
2: Oh my God.
1: Well, let me introduce you to everybody. I mean, if nobody knows you, then they live under a rock. So you
0: are a
1: veteran film critic. You've been a journalist for over 30 years, experienced working in national print, broadcast, internet-based media, um, you're also regular on NPR with KPCC's Film Week with Larry Mantel and a co-host of CNA God's podcast. Mm. Yes. Um. So
0: that's
2: me. Yep. That's
1: Tim Conkshall. <laughs> Who? How would you describe yourself to somebody?
2: Well, um, I'd like to think of myself as what they used to call a Renaissance man, which was to say uh, a, a person engaged in uh, uh, the foremost uh uh the 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 things that were were um at the cutting edge of of of, of society um um of course now i'm 61 i just turned 61 in july nice so i don't know i don't know that i'm a renaissance man anymore (laughs) (laughs) because my back hurts too much (laughs) (laughs) for me to be a renaissance man so I don't know, whatever, I, I think now I'm moving into my classic era uh, uh, of just being a sort of classic uh, uh, sort of sort of person, journalist, film critic, teacher, more than anything else now, all of that stuff, you said the thing that I do most now is teach, I still do all of that stuff, make a movie here and there and, and, and that, but the thing that I really, really invest a lot of time in and a lot of thought in and a lot of effort in is teaching, because uh, I don't know, what, you get to be a certain age and you realize that that's, you know, that's, that's where you are and what you're doing
1: right um so you just mentioned right now that school started back and you're still well you're happy with the adjustment that you have right now and most of your students are of being virtual because you're are you ready to go back in person or do you still feel scared about going back in person
2: well to be to to be I, i i i wouldn't mind going back in person and even and i even i even offer up to the kids hey look Anybody who absolutely wants to meet in our classroom on the Doheny campus, just let me know, and, and I will meet you in the classroom on the Doheny campus. Anytime, you know, for class. I, I'm perfectly happy to go into the classroom. Uh, I, I don't want to force anybody else into the classroom right. um, uh, if, if, if they're not comfortable being there, but I'm okay with it. And for that matter, I'm also teaching uh, for the last couple of terms at uh, Columbia College uh, mm-hmm. of Chicago. Um, uh, um, oh, watch this. Alexa, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> my, that's my Alexa. Alexa, pause. Alexa can get tested. <laughs> uh, you, she's, worse, she's worse than serious. Uh, there we go. Anyway, I'm teaching at Columbia College. Uh, so Columbia College is a film school out of Chicago. Okay. Uh, but they have a, a, uh, one class called the semester in L.A. program. And they send you know kids to L.A. to do a semester, literally in L.A. They do an internship and they take a class. The class is my class. Nice um, uh, that they take uh, in the evening on Tuesdays, and that is an in-person
0: mm-hmm. class.
2: So you know it's on it's on it's on the lot up on Sunset and Los L- Thomas on the Gower lot, I suppose. And that class is in person, and uh, and, and, and they come and um, and then I have a speaker there uh, who comes. And, and and the last time we did it, it was fully masked. Everyone in the class, fifty students, wow. me, the speaker, uh, all sitting there uh, in this in this big lecture hall, mm-hmm. masked up. This time, masks are not required. Right. Um, I imagine, yeah, obviously, anybody who wants to wear a mask, can wear a yeah. mask. Um, um, but they're not required. Mm-hmm. At this time. But I will be there, and you know, and I'll play it by ear. I'll I'll, I'll probably you know um, let everything settle down and then take yep. my mask off. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm up at my podium or whatever, and do whatever I'm doing, the speaker and whatnot. And then when close interactions happen, I'm probably, I am the kind of person who will put their mask back on. Yeah. You know, when, when I'm going to engage in I, I put my mask back on, indoor, indoor. Right. Um, and, that's, and to be honest, Sophia, I think I'm going to be doing something like that mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, and, and i and I've sort of stumbled into it. It's okay. And I remind people all the time. I spent a lot of time in, uh, in, in Korea and South Korea and Japan, uh, 10, 15 years ago, even five years ago. And when I was, when I was in Osaka, yeah. even 15 years ago, people were wearing those blue vests. Yeah. Although it was just a common thing right. on the trains. Everybody was wearing the and, uh, in Tokyo, mm-hmm. even five years ago when I was in Tokyo on trains. People were wearing. I was the only knucklehead brother on the train not wearing a mask. Yeah, <laughs> all the other Japanese people were wearing masks, looking at me like, hmm.
0: "Yeah,
2: he's not wearing. <laughs> Look at this guy who <laughs> with no mask." So this is really all coming to us yeah. a little late, right? Uh, and and I'll tell you this too, Sophia. I have not only not gotten COVID. Mm-hmm. I have not had a cold. Or a flu, I have not had a runny nose yeah. in three years.
0: Yeah,
2: wearing that mask ninety percent of the time. Right, and I don't know about you, but I don't want a cold or a flu. Me neither. uh you know, I, no. I, I, I don't want a colder. <laughs> yeah, level, I mean, COVID. The hell with COVID. Yeah. I don't even want to. I don't even want a runny nose. I know. You know, so I, I'm kind of okay with it. I really am. At, the, at the, what about you? How are you? Are you? Mm-hmm. Um, are you think- okay with it at this point?
1: Yeah, I'm okay with it at this point because I think I've been in so many places where like how you could actually see the power of wearing a mask and how much it works. Because last November, um, I went to a concert at SoFi and everybody in that concert was wearing a mask. Nobody got sick after. And so I think that just proves that science works, mask work um it's what you're saying how the culture in korea and japan and in china the reason why they wear masks is because of the air quality the air quality and the pollution Mm -hmm. horrible um but also they have the culture of like if you are sick and you have to go to work they wear a mask to work to protect the people around them and so that's why it's such second nature um but yeah i'm not opposed to wearing it for another year (laughs)
2: yeah 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 it'll, it'll be okay anyway yeah it, 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 it's been an interesting thing yeah um, um uh, uh this these last three years to see frankly to see to have america sort of reveal itself yeah ourselves mm-hmm. writ large who we actually are yes how we actually think um uh, how we actually behave when when, when pressure and challenge
0: mm-hmm.
2: and to be honest with you, to my mind, we did we did not come off well. No, <laughs> here in America, no. we, we, we are not we are not a unified group. Um, no, uh, there are a lot of whackadoodles <laughs> and dingbats. Yes, there are. Yeah. You know, I didn't. am not naming names or anything. I'm just saying, like <laughs> so can see very plainly, that there are a lot of whackadoodles and dingbats. And I did not know. I always knew that there were extreme in whatever in America. You know, like I said, 61 years old, seen a lot. Uh, but I did not know that fully
0: mm-hmm.
2: half of America was wackadoodles and ding-bags. Yeah, a lot of them people I know.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Many of them people I've I, I've called friends of mine
0: mm-hmm.
2: who have revealed themselves to be real wackadoo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and about mass, about QAnon, about about uh, September, uh, about January sixth, about no. uh, you know many other things. So you know. Um, but here we are in America. And I'm glad to be teaching media classes right now. Math, I'm teaching Mass Comm right now. Yeah. by the way, mass communication. Nice. Because it, it, we, are, we are at a point where media literacy mm-hmm. is probably just about the most important thing, tool that a person can have. Uh, is being media literate. Being able to engage all of this media that's coming at us mm-hmm. and being able to discombobulate it, disaggregate it, take it apart, mm-hmm. figure out what the agendas are.
0: Right.
2: Of, of the people in there. What, what are these, what are these people trying to get me to think? Right. What are they trying to get me to do? The distraction. What, are, are they trying to take my right? You know, because they are, mm-hmm. they're trying to get at you. Yeah. And, 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 um, and now you gotta, you gotta pay attention. You gotta pay attention. Mm-hmm. Cause you're coming for you. Right. Which goes into, so anyway, that's what I'm doing.
1: Yeah. Which goes into my first question of just like you were in the United States air force for seven years, but, um, mm. Before coming to Los Angeles, you grew up in the South. Um, how was it growing up in the South um, and faced when you mentioned to your family that, like, hey, I want to do media stuff. I want to go to L.A. I want to leave the South, not be here
2: anymore. <laughs> Yeah, Well, you know, like I, like I said before, I, I was born in 1961. So 1961 is three years before the 1964 Civil Rights Act. Right. Uh, in the 1965 voting rights act, so literally I was born into the world, you know, a baby, a, mm. but a child. But nevertheless, walking around in the world before those rights were imbued upon yeah. people of color, uh, uh, you know, you know, you know, proper voting rights and and, and, and and civil rights. Born into the world in the ensuing years, of course, we've seen both of those rights. Uh, the 19 most of 1964. Civil Rights Act has been repealed. Most of the 1965 Voting Rights Act have been repealed. So in my lifetime, I've seen those things come and go. Yeah. And and, and, in my lifetime, I've seen Roe v. Wade come and go. Roe v. Wade, 1972. I was 11 when Roe v. Wade Wade came became law, and here I am, 61, and Roe v. Wade is gone. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I, I, you know, I'm answering. I say that to answer your question this way. Even when I was a kid, and I was born in Tennessee, and then we moved up to St. Louis, Midwest St. Louis, and you know, spent most yep. of my, my life in the Midwest of St. Louis, I knew that the sort of things that I wanted to engage in, mm-hmm. uh, the sort of things that I wanted to make a difference in, the sort of things that I wanted to know and be a part of, didn't exist uh, in, in, in the South and in St. Louis. They weren't there. Yeah. Uh, the, um, um, it got, you, Maybe in some tiny little way or some tiny little, but they just weren't there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, the first thing uh, I had to do was, was 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 get out of there. And so, when I was when I was seventeen, um, I signed up for the Air Force, and I had to, my mother had to sign a waiver. You can't join until you're eighteen. You have to wait until you're an adult. Right. When I was 17, I got, out, I got out of high school early. I got out of high school when I was 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I just wasn't doing anything. You didn't have any money to college and all that kind of stuff. This is the late 70s. 1979 was a recession. The recession that they're talking about that we're in now,
0: mm-hmm.
2: that, that, they're, they're, no, 1979, inflation was insane in 1979. Interest rates in 1979 were 16%. We're freaking out over 2 and 3 and 4 and 5% interest rates now. Interest rates in 1979 were 16%. Wow. uh, Jobs were non-existent, you know, sort of like it was just, you know, it was just, it was was a mess, it was a nightmare. And for a poor black kid from a poor black family from from Tennessee and St. Louis, there was nothing happening. Uh, So I joined the Air Force. I went and took that test (laughs) and and you took the test and, and, you know, depending on how, how well you did on the test, it told you whether or not you were in the Marine, Army, Navy, right. Air Force. Yeah. Air Force requiring the highest score. And, 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 and fortunately, I went to a really good high school.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and so when I took that test, I scored high enough to get into the Air Force. Got it. And I did. Uh, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and I went away and I, did, and I did my time in the Air Force. I traveled all over the world. I went to the, lots and lots of tech schools. It's where I was first introduced to the notion of going to college. Okay. I wasn't going to go to college. Okay. Had no intention of going to college. I, you know, particularly after I joined the Air Force. I i about just do twenty years in the Air Force. And, you know, have a nice, double life middle class life. And uh, but I started working for this general.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, General Rudolph E. Whacker is his name. It was a nutty name, but <laughs> but he was cool. He was a general. And 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 he, I, whatever. I was, I was I was seventeen, and he took a liking to me, and he made me his attaché. Uh, so I traveled all over the world with this general who was the commander of the 42nd Air Division, uh, which operated out of Arkansas. But we traveled all over the world. He he was a fighter pilot and a B-52 bomber pilot, and taught me how to fly. Uh, he would take me up in fighter jets uh, and, uh, and and give me the stick. He was like, take the stick. <laughs> you know, general, he's, 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 I'm like, what? He's like, take the stick. And I, you know, I'm flying around in fighter jets like Tom Cruise. He taught me how to fly and. Well, and, um, and and he he taught me how to be a sophisticated thinker. Yeah. And he introduced me to college. He took me to uh, I was we were in um, uh, the UK at Fairfoot, Fairford outside of London and, and and we were doing all kinds of, of diplomatic stuff and he's like, I need you to take this course. Mhm. Um um so, so go he got me into Oxford. Yeah. Uh to take to take these courses in philosophy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and did political science and all this stuff. So so and because I was with the general and a part of the diplomatic corps, they just had to let me into Oxford. They, they, you know, I didn't have to take exams or, or any of that stuff. They just had to let me in. So I took courses in philosophy and I did a fellowship there. And then we came back to the States and we were in Boston and he got me into this uh, uh, fellowship at Harvard. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, and again, because I was in the Air Force and with the general, they just had to let me in. I did, I did, they, you know, I didn't have to do all those mm-hmm. Um, What do you call it? ACTs and and, uh, all that stuff you have to take. You go SATs and all that to
1: get into college.
2: I never did any of those. Yeah. Which is why I know they're bullshit.
0: Yeah.
2: I'm sorry. I mean, I know you took the SATs, but they're bullshit. I mean, and and I encourage. I don't take them. I don't take them. And 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 go to college anyway. I went to Harvard and Oxford. I never took either one of those. Yeah. I did very well at Harvard and Oxford. I never took either one of those. According to them. I was not supposed to succeed yeah. at these fancy universities. Mm-hmm. But, you know, nothing about those standardized tests measure anything, really, that I can determine. Yeah. They certainly don't measure whether or not you will succeed. And so anyway, I tell, I, I'm, I'm one of the few college professors who will tell you I don't give a damn about your FAT scores. Yeah. <laughs> uh, high or low, they don't mean nothing to me. Uh, 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 you know, now, what you know, that means something to me. Right. <laughs> so, you know, but... When somebody comes up to me, well, I scored seventeen hundred, and I don't care about your stupid SAT scores. I don't even take that test. Yeah. Um,
0: um,
2: so anyway, did all of that, and, uh, and I and I was, I got married and, and during this period. I was in the Air Force. My wife was in college, and, mm-hmm. and we traveled around and we did all this stuff. But they were going to send me to Turkey, uh, and I'd already been to Egypt and a whole bunch of places, and, and they weren't going to let me take my wife, oh. Bridget, and because you know, and i and I was like, you know we'd only been married a year, two years, yeah. a year and a half, something like that. And I'm like, you know, I don't wanna, I don't wanna do that. So, so, you know, I I left the Air Force and, uh, and, we, and we went back to St. Louis mm-hmm. and it was still St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know. <laughs> so we both decided, let's knock out a couple of graduate degrees right. and, and get the hell out of here. So I went to graduate school at Southern Illinois University mm-hmm. uh, and that was filmed. I got a master's degree in film and television. This is 1989. And graduated in 1989. Anyway, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and she finished a, a degree uh, a, 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 in, uh, in psychology. Wow. And, uh, and and, uh, and told, told mom and dad we were, we were heading up to L.A. <laughs> uh, 1989, and we arrived in Los Angeles on January the first, 1990. Wow. Literally New Year's Day, 1990. We pulled into. Our apartment complex mm-hmm. in Los Angeles, in Westwood, as a matter of fact, we lived in Westwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, she got a job at UCLA. She was Marion, my wife. Yeah. Uh, and I got a job uh, uh, writing for um, So They had newspapers back then, actual paper. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Things were on paper, people. <laughs> uh, uh,
2: this magazine and writing film reviews and 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 and, 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 and working at the movie studios. I worked at ITC. We made a few, few cool movies. Uh, uh, fear, fear, of a, fear of a black hat and, and, uh, and, uh, and a few other cool movies, and you know, and, and, and basically just start rolling along like that. Interestingly, my wife Bridget, mm-hmm. who I lost who I lost to cancer in 2013, we were married for 35 years. Wow. Uh, she got here 1990. She mm-hmm. was 28 uh, years old, wow. already had a master's degree in nursing, already in psychology had a degree in nursing, working RN uh had been at our end for, for several years and and she and said you know i want to do some acting I said, yeah oh, we're in hollywood <laughs> <laughs> do, do some acting, you know? <laughs> we had been acting kids in, in you know high school you do the acting in high school yeah with, theater you know, and we stuff with the, with the high school all the high we had mm-hmm. done all that crap not, we weren't familiar with acting but we had never thought about you know within a week of arriving in los angeles my wife, Richard Morrill, you can look her up. You can look up her I'm the M-O-R-R-O, That's mm-hmm. Richard uh Because she didn't take my last name because she was a sophisticated woman. <laughs> she had a SAG card and a part on a sitcom. Oh! In two weeks, she had a commercial, a national commercial. Wow! Uh, and it, 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 within a month, she was in a movie. She mm-hmm. was in. She was in Minister Society. Uh, uh, she was in which was old Hughes brothers? gangster movie from the, you know, the early 90s yeah uh, she was in life uh, with eddie murphy and martin Lawrence. uh it was an old comedy <laughs> everything is old. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was all old she did she did a, She did, a, she, did a, she did a national kellogg's commercial Kellogg's cornflakes mm-hmm. uh, for the 100 year anniversary of 1995. wow the year anniversary of Kellogg's concert and she did a, and she did a national Kellogg's cornflakes she did and she worked as an act, she was on Young and the Restless, mm-hmm. uh, which is a daytime soap opera. I think that's still on uh, Young and the yeah, Restless, if I'm not is. mistaken. And she was on Young and the Restless for like five seasons, uh, playing Lucy, the babysitter, <laughs> 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 to to little some wacky set some family on yeah. it. And she just worked and worked and worked in all these movies and TV shows for years and years and years. And if we, the thing, my point is, if we had stayed in St. Louis,
0: mm-hmm.
2: she would not have had her movie and film career. No. Uh, she, she had an entire uh, movie and film career that people you that people, would, you, the people who, who who come to L.A. just to be in movies mm-hmm. and on TV don't have. Yeah. There are people who come to L.A. just to be in, she had a career like that
0: mm-hmm.
2: almost by accident. Right. Because we happened to live here. Yeah. Uh, now, she, granted, my wife was ridiculously beautiful. She so was. It, it was kind of easy was. for her to. Yeah. To get casted parts, uh, but but nevertheless, if you don't if you don't make that go, if you don't make, if you don't go for it, mm-hmm. it wouldn't happen. So we came, and and she said, I'm gonna, and it happened, and there it was, and and I started my little career as a as a filmmaker and as a film critic and, yeah. and as a teacher, and here we are now.
1: <laughs> yeah, which is what I always remember you stressing so much as a professor of taking opportunities because they don't come back around again, and you've you have been blessed many times with the work that you have. Your wife, Bridget, had been blessed as well. Um, But even though you guys were, like, blessed with all of these things, you guys still experienced being a minority.
2: And particularly in the 90s. uh, And it's funny, it's it's funny, that whole, you know, the the Me Too movement. Part of of the time you were in school, which was when that whole Me Too thing happened. The thing with Harvey Weinstein and all of that. Right, right, right. And and, and and as a, as a woman, uh, a young beautiful actress in the early '90s in Hollywood, mm-hmm. Bridget uh, was hit with the Me Too thing all the time, including by Harvey, Harvey Weinstein. Yes,
0: I uh, remember. She wasn't a
2: victim of Harvey Weinstein because she kind of got out of it before it did. But all of that, yeah, so she was subject to all of that. And then there was the being black in Hollywood thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that so here we're here now. We got Jordan Peele, and we got this, and we got all this kind of yeah. stuff. Right? And, and it's still, you know, it's still iffy but in the 90s man you were you were you, you could be a, if you're going to be any kind of a filmmaker you were definitely going to be a minority filmmaker a black filmmaker a, lat, a latino filmmaker right. a woman filmmaker right? The adjective came before filmmakers. Exactly. Certainly you weren't just a filmmaker. Yeah. <laughs> you were, and if we're doing a black thing, uh-huh. we're going to go get one of those black filmmakers. We're going to go get one of those. go get one. I remember when they did a lovely movie called Real Women Have curve mm-hmm. uh, a, a wonderful director. Uh, I forget her name. Wonderful. Uh, 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 Latinx director. Oh, uh, Patricia Alvarez. Alver- Patricia? Mm. I want to say Alvarez, but I know that's not right. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, a wonderful movie, but they, they had to do this search for a Mexican woman filmmaker. Right. Well, the reason why you have to search for one is because you never let any Mexican women direct any fucking film. Exactly. <laughs> if you, if you, let them fuck a, well, you let them make a film every now and again, you wouldn't have to do this search. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because they would be everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so it was that. And it was the same thing for women, the same thing with the Latinx community, the same thing with the Black community. Mm -hmm. Now, we carved out a niche for ourselves. Right. Right? Gregory Nava. Uh, 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 Black and Latinx women carved out these, but but that's what you had to do. You had to Mm -hmm. carve out a niche for yourself. Right. It just wasn't this gigantic open thing. Like, you know, frankly, with just a white. If you're just a white, male filmmaker mm-hmm. uh this town was wide open to you yeah but if you're Quentin tarantino they're they're standing there with a bucket full of money yep and opportunity um um but if you frankly even a white woman if you if, you, if, if, if certainly in the 90s even if you were a white female filmmaker that wasn't wide open like that yep. you know there were a few yeah you know that you know around but but if you were a brown woman or a black woman or a brown man and you got a shot to do anything that was like finding a pearl. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and, and the thing that was, that, that was particularly irritating about it at the time is that there was a lot of pressure on filmmakers of color and women. So that if you did get a shot, you had to succeed. Mm-hmm. Because you were, only, you were not only making that film, making that TV show, making that movie, whatever it was for you. You were making it for the whole community. Right. And if you failed, the whole community failed exactly you know that young black filmmaker behind you that young woman filmmaker behind you that young Latin filmmaker behind you they were going to take the punch yeah and because because your thing didn't happen and, and and that now this is this was again not true in the white community white filmmakers could fail five times i had these white buddies you know i love all i love i love my white boys <laughs> i love all the white boys but they they would get shots at directing a movie or making a tv show or whatever it was and you know and it would stink yeah. You know, they, make, they make some stinky movies. Right. And then they get another movie. Mm-hmm. And it would be better. Yeah. And then they get a third movie. And and then that third movie, they would actually make a decent movie. Mm-hmm. But they got a chance to make two stink-ass movies. Right. Whereas if you were black or brown or a woman, if you did get a shot, it better be a hit. Yeah. Because you were not going to get another shot. Anyway, that's, that's the thing. Mm-hmm.
3: Hello, everyone. I wanted to just take a break from the podcast and talk to you about uh riverside uh but also i hope so far you're enjoying tim cogshell he's such a great professor such a great human being um And I can't wait for you to hear the rest of the advice he has to give. But the company Riverside is a website where you can create your online studio recording with podcasts. Um, and you can edit and export via the website all in one. Um, there are some subscription fees, which you can choose which one is best fits you. But as well as, um they are in charge of as well as with the company anchor distributing the podcast on spotify apple podcast google play anywhere where you have podcast streamings um so click the link below so you can use my link to get to riverside um i'd appreciate it a lot as well as rate the podcast let me know if you really like it um And yeah, I hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast, and let's go back to Tim. Mm -hmm.
1: And so, does that still follow you whenever... Because, I mean, you've produced a plethora of films at this point in your career. Um, Is that something that you still think about? The pressure?
2: Well, I will say that this... the intensity of everything that I just communicated to you is, is, is less now, but it still exists. Yeah. Everything that I just said, it's all still true.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's just less. Right. Um, are there more opportunities? Yes. Are there equal opportunities? Not a chance.
0: No.
2: Uh, is there pressure to succeed? Because if you fail, it will reverberate not only through your career but through other Black folks' careers. Yes. Yeah. That's still true. That is still true. I'm sorry. If if if, if uh, they'll say, well, you know, we we um, we let we let the black woman direct this film, and nobody went to see it. So you know,
0: mm-hmm. plainly,
2: nobody wants to go see films directed by black women. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that's where they go to immediately. You know, mm-hmm. well, maybe that that particular film wasn't that, but it, but anyway, that's less, but it's still there.
0: Yeah.
2: Now, at the at the exact same time, we have situations now like this. This one's going on now. So you probably heard that they announced that they're making this movie and and in this movie about, about the movie the movie's not even about castro but fidel castro oh, is the character yes. in the movie yes right? and the, it's the whole thing with james franco yep. the white male actor mm-hmm. playing playing fidel castro yep. the cuban, the cuban <laughs> president, <dictator>? uh, president. <laughs> so so and, and so uh, john licozamo wrote wrote, wrote, wrote to, to my mind a wonderful piece in the new york times editorial about hey what the hell is going on? Right. You know why are we casting this white man as 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 a, as, a, as a Latinx person as a person, of, as, 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 particularly as this historic figure, He's Fidel freaking Castro? All right, the one thing we know Fidel Castro wasn't is a white dude from from Santa Barbara, which is what James <laughs> Franco is. You know, so so he so you know, and, and and he talks about that writ large how white privilege, particularly white male privilege, but women too. Scarlett um, Johansson got to play uh uh the lead character in in ghosted machine well the lead character in in ghosted machine is japanese yep but scarlett johansson got the part same thing happened with the last airbender we can go we can go through a thousand places, right uh where white people just get to do and and when i was coming up quite more white men played native americans you know who who we used to call indians back in the day right charlton heston played a native american Dustin Hoffman played a Native American. These are all just white men. Yeah. You know, but they would put on whatever the kid going and go out and, and play Native and so anyway, James Franco, uh uh Fidel Castro, he writes that editorial and it becomes so that that's a difference now. Now these things can't just happen without being challenged. Right. Um we can put they're still gonna let James Franco play Castro. But they're gonna face a backlash from the Latinx community and from film critics like me. Yeah. Who, who, are, who are going to say, hey, why is the white dude clean Fidel Castro? Yeah. You know, so, so that's where we are now. We still have to deal with a lot of crap, but we, ha- we do have a, an ability to push back against mm-hmm. that stuff. And, and frankly, I think that, that there will be some response to that because, look, um, what, 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 if the Latinx community says, look, if you make this movie and James Franco is Fidel Castro, you can count the, the, the dollars of the Latinx community out. Right. We will not come see your James Franco, Fidel Castro movie. If you don't want our money, fine. You don't want our money. Yeah. We won't give it to you. Yeah. We're not going to let you insult us and then take our money, Mm -hmm. which is one of the things that John Michael said. You insult us, and then you want us to come buy tickets to see your movie.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, how about we don't buy tickets to see your movie? Mm-hmm. And so anyway, that's where that's at. It's, it's, not, it's, not, a, it's, not, a, it's not a perfect situation, better situation, mm-hmm. and, but, but certainly for situations where we can, we can all, and by we, I mean people of color, women, any minority, trans people, mm-hmm. LGBTQ people, uh, we are in a position now to, to say no. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
2: you can't do that. We won't be represented that way, uh, mm-hmm. or just to demand uh, some represent- representation of our own. Billy Porter just directed a beautiful movie that's on Hulu. Yeah, about a transgender, a young transgender uh, 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 girl mm-hmm. uh, uh, who falls in love with. It's a beautiful little high school movie. movie. <laughs> so cute. Uh, uh, and and it's, it, but you know, 15 years ago, a Billy Porter, a black uh, 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 LGBTQ. Uh, a man, mm-hmm. period, yeah. directing a movie, nah, that that wouldn't have happened. And, and a movie with that subject matter about trans kids in high school, that wouldn't have happened. Right. Um, now, at the same time as I say that, Sophia, we know that from the right, in the culture war, mm-hmm. there is a hardcore pushback against our pushback. Yeah. They're coming out after the trans community. They're coming out after women in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, abortion rights. and They're coming. So... So all of this pushback is happening in both directions, literally at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and um, you know, it, it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, who wins um, ultimately in these culture wars. I think that there are more of us than there are of them.
3: Definitely. You
2: know, writ large. And, and particularly when we work together, I'm not trans or gay, but I'm right. a, a deeply supportive of the trans LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. So that means that they have my... Uh, me with them, yeah. Uh, they it, it, it's a whole lot of middle aged. <laughs> look at me now, as if I'm middle aged. <laughs> if a whole it's lot of like old, <laughs> I'm, I'm cheating. If a whole <laughs> lot of you know folks my age join with all of these younger communities, me, then that it, it grows the numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, if the trans community knows, you know, there are a lot of straight uh, uh, men out there who support <laughs> us. It grows their numbers, and they have more left. You know, and I want to see more trans people running for office.
0: Yeah,
2: as trans people, you know, out trans people, out, We need more of that, all of that, and and because I think that's the only way you can beat these people. Yeah. Uh, if you let them come after you, uh, they will win. Right. Um, you have to push back. You have mm-hmm. to push back. Yeah. At least that's just my. That's the way I am. I'm a pusher backer. Yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> what I do.
1: Um, which I think you have such an interesting mindset of all of this stuff because, like I said, like you grew up in St. Louis, the South. Like, what made you have this open-minded mindset?
2: Well, I guess, I, I guess, I guess I I, I will say that uh, it, it accrues to certainly my parents. My parents were both extremely liberal, open-minded people. Uh, uh, you know, my little brother, uh, who's you know fifty. Eight, <laughs> but still, my little brother uh, uh, is gay, mm-hmm. and, and and my little brother was, you know, obviously always gay, and in the family we always knew he was gay. Right. Uh, you know, when he was a little kid, I knew he was gay. My mother knew he was gay. My father knew he was gay. We everybody knew he was gay. Aunts, uncles, grandparents knew he was gay, yeah. and it was just never, ever, 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 ever an issue in my family, not for anybody, mm-hmm. um, 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 or anybody else. that was gay in my family. You know, he happened to be in my immediate family. There are lots of gay people in my family. Um, uh, lesbians. Uh, 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 gay men just all over the place right and associated with my family they were in my our community and and but they were they were in my community Mm -hmm. and and we knew them and they and i I was fortunate that my father was you know particularly being an even older black man than me i was we were i was fortunate we were all fortunate that he just wasn't i he just wasn't a bigot a homophobic person right my dad was a musician uh and in in the music biz, you're gonna meet all you go know, in show biz. He traveled all okay. around the world, <laughs> game, jazz bands and all this kind of stuff. And you're in those scenes, you you meet gay people all the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So 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 he was not uh remotely homophobic in any way, and obviously my mother wouldn't, and all my aunties weren't. And and, and then the other thing is, uh I love my dad. Uh my dad was there my entire life, lost my dad in two thousand, you know. Um he you know, family dad yeah, like I said, he was a musician, he traveled a DJ, he was mm-hmm. gone a lot uh um you know bit of a player my dad too. <laughs> he's a bit of a player uh so so i was really raised by the women in my family i was raised by my mother yeah. my grandmother my great-grandmother wow. i knew my great grandmother. my great my great-grandmother didn't die until i was uh i was like uh 20. wow uh, my great-grandmother babysitted me she was like 98 uh, mm. uh and so all those women my aunties so my mother's uh, sisters, my auntie, my auntie, my auntie, Linda, uh, my, and my auntie, Linda, my auntie, Linda was only 10 years older than me. So when I was 10, she was, you know, nine years older than me, less than 10 years older than me. When I was 10, she was 19. Yeah. You know, so she was really kind of like a big sister, you know, and my mm-hmm. auntie, Hartense, she was like a big sister. So I was just surrounded by all of these women mm-hmm. uh, all day, every day, and I loved it. Uh, I'm Joe. You know, I'm a mama's boy, uh, and then you know, yeah, I, I met my wife when I was like six. You know, mm-hmm. I, I was five and we went to the same school and church and all that kind of stuff together. Yeah. And you know, and and her mother, uh, and her sister, and, and 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 then you know, we got married when 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 I was 21 and she was 20, and we were married for 33 years. Uh, uh, and so you know, it's, so I think a lot of it just has to do with that environment. Yeah. Of uh, a bunch of really caring, uh, loving people, mm-hmm. mostly women, um, and uh, and a good dad, not a jerk, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and um, and it, it just you know, I, so none of the sort of ordinary. And I see it, you know, I had a lot of friends who were <laughs> homophobic and ridiculous yeah. people, and and a lot of that just never seeped into me because it, it was just evident, it was just ridiculous. So mm-hmm. it's just, it just never got into it. So it's not not there to this day, uh, you know. So that's me.
1: I mean, I truly believe that you're one of the lucky ones oh, but to be raised that way because of the environment that you were in. Um, but going back to your many talents, um, you have the full service company Tim Cockshell Productions.
2: What is that about? So, Tim Cockshill Productions, which is, uh, yeah, uh, I, 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 I only started calling it Tim Shell Productions about 15 years ago, but it's always been my production company. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought it formalized about 15 years ago, but even 30 years ago, when I first got here, um, uh, I started doing freelance production work. And um, the, I, I started getting, uh, first I started getting uh, contract work with the with the city of Los Angeles and the county of Los Angeles You could become a, a vendor. All kinds of productions are, are, are mounted by, by, by city governments and say, I would do, videos for the public library system if you ever went into a public library and you, you see those videos mm-hmm. uh, you, I, made them, I made a lot of those videos oh. uh, i would do health Yeah, all that stuff i do health department videos particularly oh. during the hiv aids um uh, in the early 90s when hiv aids was still quite a thing mm-hmm. uh i worked for this project uh, i contracted to work for this project called the um, aids video project and we would go into uh, public schools all the la City schools and we would they would have a program where they would teach kids about risk reduction for hiv you know condoms and all this stuff you know
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, risk reduction and then we would do little videos and the kids would, would, would write videos and stories and they would bring me in mm-hmm. filmmaker, and we would shoot these videos this is back in the days of hi-8 tape and and all of stuff, so shooting on tape and i would teach kids how to edit the videos and they would do these little stories and we'd show them at the schools mm-hmm. and all these places but it was a, it was it was it was contract work that i did for the county uh, and then and then I did, all, you know, as, as years went on, I went into mainstream major commercial work. We did, uh, I've had big clients, uh, and, uh, major with baseball uh, clients for a long time, technical clients for a long time. Um, uh, so all these kind of things. So, and, 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 and then a, a lot of internal corporate, where corporations produce and create lots of video and, and media content. Yeah. Uh, for internal distribution, uh, you know, you'd, you'd be amazed how much they produce. And they pay a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So I've done a whole lot of that. And then uh, there's, there's been the entertainment base. work. That we've done uh, feature films. I wrote a film called Bad Guys mm-hmm. uh, that won the 2008 uh, Beverly Hills Film Festival for Best Audience Award Film the uh, uh, Film Festival. That was a thriller I wrote. It's kind of fun. <sighs> um, and uh, I've written a, a several features. Uh, i got a feature called Miss Daisy. Yeah. Produce, and i produced in and Wrote and directed that's still in post production, mm-hmm. uh, and in lots of TV shows, lots uh, so, of you know, just you, you just all kinds of awards. You name it, I've done it.
0: Yeah, um, out of all of
1: them, which one is your favorite that you've ever produced of a feature film?
2: Um, well. <coughs> Not that it's, that it's all that great of a movie, I like it, but I, the Bad Guys, the film that I wrote
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, that, 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 that got made in 2008, was released, it, 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 it did fine. You can find it out there in the world on the Amazon. Some mm-hmm. places. Will be. And the reason why I like it, though, mm-hmm. um, I wrote it, and I was able to get one of my best friends cast in the lead yeah. of it, uh, a fellow named Sherman Augustus. You know, you look up Sherman Augustus. Sherman Augustus. Mm-hmm. Is in Stranger Things right now. Wow! Right? The new Stranger Things. Yes. Especially. He plays Lieutenant Colonel Sullivan, the the the, the 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 soldier who's flying around in the helicopter looking for the kids. Right, right, right. That's my that, that's, that's my best friend.
0: Wow.
2: Sure. And he's been in all kinds of major motion yeah. pictures and TV shows. Westboro, and All the. Uh, into the Badlands. He was on The Young and the Restless with my wife, Bridget, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. He played the Texan, he was playing. He, he, he. As a matter of fact, Bridget introduced me to Sherman 30 years ago. Wow. Because they were in an acting class together.
0: Yeah.
2: And uh, and uh, and, I, and I was picking her up from acting class one night and she says, oh, I, I met this guy in acting class, this is Sherman. You know, Sherman had been in the NFL and all this stuff. So I've known him for 30 years. <laughs> but back in 2008, when I wrote that movie, I was able to talk to producers into letting Sherman mm-hmm. Uh, read for that movie mm-hmm. and he nailed it and he got the lead at it so when i watch that movie i'm watching a film that i wrote in which the lead is my best friend yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's so and he's wonderful in that movie he just killed it in that movie. he won the best the leading actor at that same beverly hills film festival. Nice. The, the, the one where i won uh, or the audience award Shrim okay. won best actor so you know plainly it was you know and it's like I said, it's not a big movie or anything, but it was it was a great movie to make. It was fun. Uh, and if you go watch it, there are all kinds of neat people in it. Uh, uh, tiny uh, Tiny Lister is in it. Uh, 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 Danny Strong is in it. Danny Strong is an actor, uh, but he's also a very important screenwriter now. Uh, back then, he was still mm-hmm. acting, was uh, now he's a very important screenwriter yeah. uh, and children. And, uh, Art Lafleur is in it. Uh, it's just really, really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, that's, it, it's, it's not a big old thing, but it's the thing that I, that I really like a lot because I was able to just bring all kinds of people, mm-hmm. uh, that I, that I adored into that project and, and, and get it done. The little project movies that I have now, Miss Daisy, mm-hmm. I, uh, we're finishing up. That's going to be a whole lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So, it's loosely, <laughs> it's loosely, uh, based on a uh, driving miss daisy the old 1989 morgan freeman film yeah when morgan freeman plays the guy driving around the little white lady mm-hmm. in the 40s and 50s and all of that i play a, a, a uber driver a white shared driver uh driving around a young black one yeah uh, all day right. uh to do everything she has to do and just sort of admiring her existence of the young woman of color yes uh, and everything that she's doing and achieving as i'm dealing with a lot, a lot of the space of my own mm-hmm. life you know losing my wife all the stuff. So, so but it's funny and kind of sweet and i think it will be kind of cute when we finally finish the music mix and all that stuff we'll put it out there and let's do a it mm-hmm. something hopefully it'll be okay
1: yes i can't wait i can't wait till that comes out i know you've been talking about that for a long time creating that movie
2: yeah yeah the the covid kind of you know and yeah thing off but it's kind of okay because it did give me a chance to think about that project and and i've edited quite a bit since then it was 104 minutes long um, i might have showed it to, but anyway it, it's only 87 minutes long now oh. shorter and tighter and more focused yeah so sometimes taking a little longer allows you to to, to really hone things so i'm not mm-hmm. I'm not disappointed that it did, that it took a little longer because of COVID uh, it, it allowed me to make a better product. Right. Um, and and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it should be good.
1: Yeah. Which is something I've always, which I learned from you in taking the audio and production class at Mount St. Mary's where I remember when I first started the first podcast that I came out with um, it, and I was like showing you like all the drafts. You were like, "Is this the only draft that you have?" And I was like, "Yes." And you were like, "You should have like ten. Like you need to have like four <laughs> drafts so that you can see where your mistakes are." Um, yeah. And so,
2: hey, all writing and, and I'm not the first person to say this. Yeah. All writing is rewriting. Right. Uh, and uh, the first pass is never the last. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's got to get so so anyway. Yeah, very good. See, I taught I taught something. Excellent. <laughs>
1: You did um is it still do you feel like your um life was quote unquote a dream of having to mention like all the difficulties that you went through and you're still living in the industry um, do you believe most of it was fate?
2: Well, yeah, a, a certain kind uh, for me, a, a faith is something that, that that has to lie with it. Yeah, you have to. You know, at the end of the day, you, you know how when people say to, to, to people uh, when they do something great, they say, "I'm proud of you." Yes, uh, you know your mom or somebody. Yeah. You do something great, they say, "I'm proud of you," and that's lovely. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, and, but but here's the thing: pride is something that really accrues to the achiever. Mm-hmm. You should be proud of you.
0: Yeah,
2: because you are the one that did the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a, a, a you. You uh, graduated from, you make it, you did it, you have the right to look right in the mirror and be proud of that person. You see, a lot of times, you know, we we wait to, for, for for that to come from the other person. and Everybody loves it. I love it too. I loved it when Bridget would tell me, oh, I'm proud of you. That, that's beautiful. We all love that feeling. Right. But we do it sometimes not remembering that we get to be proud of us too. Yeah. We actually did it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm glad you're proud of me,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, you know, for the things I achieved, but um, I, I achieved it, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and we should pat ourselves on the back more. And then that comes back to that sort of faith thing, right? Mm-hmm. That, uh, for, for me, faith, faith at the end of the day has to be in oneself. Right. I got to have faith that I can do it. Mm-hmm. Like the, 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 even if I even if even if I, I don't achieve today, I'll do it tomorrow, mm-hmm. the next day. I got faith. For me, is mostly about looking at me yeah. and saying, "All right, homie, let's roll." Yeah, you know, I, I'm i I'm that guy. I, I have this internal drill instructor <laughs> uh, in my head uh, who who talks to me uh, uh, every day. Yeah. And 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 for some people might call it be a cheerleader, but he he says. <laughs> All right, let's go yeah. let's go get up we got to go we got things to do places to go stuff to achieve and i, I hear that voice in my head yeah. and i listen in 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 the years since i since i since i lost bridget to cancer mm-hmm. it's, it's funny that voice has become her voice
0: mm-hmm.
2: i hear her voice uh it's all right babe That's beautiful. what are you doing you're sulking i can tell it yeah you get up let's go let's go let's go cut that out cut that out let's go let's go and yeah. it's her voice and it gets me up and it keeps me rolling and i like it it, it, it makes me happy right. uh uh and 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 yes i'm proud of the things that i do <laughs> but i still think to myself i think i think bridget will like that yeah you know i think bridget would like that mm-hmm. and bridget would have been proud of that you know and and that yeah so that's that's what it is which
1: mm-hmm. is funny that you mentioned bridget because when i was um doing research about you even though i know so many things about you because you were my professor um I stumbled upon the PBS video that you did of Bridget, <laughs> and uh, how the weird turn of events that that turned into because it was originally supposed to be about somebody else.
2: North, the North Hollywood yes, man. The North
0: Hollywood man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, we, we were—he's a person—and yeah. we were looking for him to do, and we couldn't find him. Mm-hmm. So I ended up just following her around yeah. with the camera looking for him with her giving us a tour of North Hollywood and and, and, and uh and, and that's Bridget. Uh and she's so funny in that piece yeah, it's <laughs> and, 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 and 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 just ridiculously beautiful and funny. And uh and, and but that was her. You know, I'm doing yeah. this piece, my camp I couldn't find uh, Celian, the North Hollywood man, and it was, and she was, she was the, the producer, she says, just follow me. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, says, we'll go look for her. And she says, that's your piece, that's your piece. Yeah, you know? and, I, and I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, I see, I see. Right. <laughs> I take it, over, and I edited it all together, with the music on. And but she saw that she could see that there was a piece mm-hmm. in me not being able to find him. Right. Uh, uh, this guy who literally came to our house every day. <laughs> he came to yeah. our house every day and I, and I decided to make a movie about him. I couldn't find him for two weeks. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, but she saw, there's a, there's a little movie here. Just, you know, follow me and we'll make a movie. Yeah. And um, anyway, I'm so glad you saw that. I know you had seen that. That's, that's great.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, is that like one of the films that you hold? Of course you do, but you hold dear to your heart of like how something came out of nothing. And it was one of those.
2: Things yes. There. Yes. 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 And, 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 you know, and, 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 and I used it as that teaching tool, as a teaching tool of that, yeah. that's what I use that film for,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, particularly in my documentary class,
0: okay. uh, because
2: almost all documentaries go that way. Anyway, you start to make a doc about something Yeah, and you think you're going to make a documentary about this thing. Mm-hmm. And somewhere along the line, <laughs> <gonna> think, oh, <laughs> I didn't see that coming, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you end up making a dot about that mm-hmm. thing. Uh, I, 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 and, and, but that's what you have to be at the ready for. Yeah. Uh, you have to be at the ready to let it take you where it's going and not try to push it to where you want it to be. Yeah. You know, you have an idea, you have a vision, you have a place that you want to mm-hmm. go. Uh, but if this thing is pulling another way,
0: just, just go that way. Yeah, Just go that
2: way. And, okay. uh, and uh, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I try to teach that all mm-hmm. the time. And that film I particularly love because Bridget's mother, my mother-in-law, she loves it. Yeah. Uh, she loves all Bridget's movies, and you know, I, 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 have I have of Bridget's movies online. Every everything, you know, ninety percent of what she did. Yeah. Been fine. But all her all her TV commercials, all her her, her appearances on on, on on sketch comedy shows, they're all. I had I I found some of them are terrible because they were shot on VHS or whatever. <laughs> but they but you know they're still there yeah uh, and and her mother loves that uh, uh, she just loves that. that's one of her favorite ones. I know that whenever her mom is still in melancholy mm-hmm. uh, uh, she cracks open uh that particular thing uh because Bridget is being so bridget in that piece <laughs> you know she's not acting she's not playing a character yeah. she's just sitting there uh the way she uh was mm-hmm. uh, relaxed and funny and uh you know and 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 her mother loves that piece, so it gives me great joy for that
0: reason. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, literally what you said of like that was kind of the mindset that I took into creating this new podcast where I was like, okay, this other one that I made, it worked, but I didn't like it. I didn't like making it. I didn't like doing it because it became too political. It was a political podcast I was talking a lot about politics. Even though I was very mm. passionate about it, it still would stress me out of just like seeing actually seeing the world <laughs> and seeing for what it was and then seeing how it was getting worse and worse throughout the years because at that time Trump was our president. Um mm. and uh so that's why I was like, well why don't I create safe space where a place where people could come be themselves uh and talk about what actually people need to hear and be relatable. Um
0: but
2: yeah, that's what came out of this. This came out of nothing. And it came out of stress, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, 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 and look, that's a, that's a totally fair thing, Sophia. If you're doing a thing and, and, and you find that this thing is like not only not making you happy, but actually making you unhappy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, because, you know, there's a neutral space. But, but no, I'm actually unhappy doing this. Yeah. You got to hit the pause button,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, And because, because, you know, there's something. I mean, work can be hard and, and anything can be stressful but when the thing itself, mm-hmm. it's not just hard, but it is stressful, the thing itself. That's, you got, you did the right thing. And then podcast, yes, I still want to do a podcast, but I want to do a podcast that is the reverse of that. Yeah. The reverse of hard, the reverse of stress. Yeah. And, and thus you are here. Yeah. And, 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 you, and you have conversations like this and you smile and it's all happy and you're still making a podcast. Yes. <laughs> um, but 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 now it's the correct podcast yeah uh, uh done done the correct way and and someday soon we'll do it in person too and it'll be a lot it'll be even that much more
1: yes i can't wait for that day because i mean i still truly <laughs> believe you gave out so much good advice you've given me so many good advice i always speak highly of you because i think you're a great professor you're a great human being um It's a blessing to have you as a professor, for other students to have you as a professor and experience you and all the knowledge that you give. Um, And I wish you all the best, all the time.
2: Well, that is that's just wonderful. You you were a wonderful student. Why you got an A? She got an A, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) And that and and all in your kind words buoy me a lot, And, and it makes me it makes me feel good about 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 teaching and the way I teach and the way I want to teach and, and all of that. It's just, thank you, uh, Sophia. And thank you for letting me be on your podcast.
1: Of course. Um, where can people find you? What other projects are you working on that people can find?
2: Well, um, uh, 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 always catch me on film week. It's really easy to, you know, you type in my name and the word film week and I'll come back. But I'm on film week a couple of times a month as it happens. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow I will be on film week. Thanks. Um, talking about the new Academy, um, uh, what is it, the Academy uh, Motion? What's the, what's the Academy called? The-, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, yes. something like yes. that? Uh, uh, so you only get the new, that new museum over on um, Wilshire. Oh and, and, and the big new exhibit is called Regeneration um, Black Cinema, 1898 to 1971. It's the new exhibit mm-hmm. there. Uh, and, and tomorrow on Film Week, uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll be on with a bunch of other people, of course, uh, but we're going to be talking about that exhibit, mm-hmm. uh, all, all of that, that, that. It's really, really interesting. So we're going to be talking about that, and then I'm on Film Week proper next week, uh, just you know, the, the regular film review show. Mm-hmm. And it's Fridays um, um, at 11, but it also airs uh, at 7 p.m. on Friday and at noon on Saturday. So you can catch it in those days, or, or just, you know, the podcast, whatever it is. And this is the Synagogue's podcast, And we're finishing up our little movie uh, that we're doing. And we are about to push off into award season, of course, you know. Yeah,
0: we are.
2: It'll be interesting. Hopefully nobody will get slapped. I know. (laughs) 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 The reoccurring
1: (laughs) situation always. (laughs)
0: Uh,
2: I don't know. Whatever. I don't know why. That was horrible the night it happened. Yeah. We're talking about we're talking about we'll Will Slap and Chris. That was horrible to watch these two, frankly, black men
1: act disorderly,
2: slap. That, oh God, that was so. But in the in the six, seven, eight months since then, when I think about it now, it, just, it mostly makes me giggle. <laughs> when I think about them just like that, that just got to be some of the dumbest shit I ever seen. So in in oh, 30 God. years of Hollywood. So, I you know. know. But I mean, that is Hollywood.
1: Hollywood <laughs> is crazy. Hollywood can be chill and they can be crazy.
2: Um, I, I, I hope for the opening uh, uh, number, because you know the Academy Awards always have an opening number. Yes, yes, yes. I just, hope, I just hope they have a whole bunch of people come out on stage and just slap <laughs> the shit out of each other. <laughs> just get it all out at the top of the show. Yeah. <laughs> back, just back, back. Back. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. to me that would be funny but you know uh, I have a nutty sense of humor
0: <laughs> we both do <laughs> um, so uh,
1: I just want everybody to thank you for Tim to come on here um, people could find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts anywhere you listen to podcasts um, also that I teach people how to make podcasts I um, am living through my degree <laughs> of teaching people how to make podcasts whether they are just starting out and don't know where to put it out or if they had one and they're kind of complicated on how to come up with new ideas. Um, I do have my website using link tree. Everything will be linked down below um, as well as this is on anchor, which is anchor is a free platform that I use for this podcast with their parent company right now that I'm using Riverside to do virtual stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm so thankful that you came on this podcast uh we went over the hour, which is the usual with Tim Cox Show. We always <laughs> talk all alone.
2: It's my fault, it's my fault. And I and I gotta tell you, I I, I will be seeking out your services. Yes. Uh podcast education and all of that. So I'm gonna follow all those those links. I'm gonna be following all those mm-hmm. links and sending you an email. I'm gonna need your help. Thank you, Sophia. Of
1: course. Thank you. Have a blessed day.
2: You too. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.
0: A rich man's world. I have turned the soul of this beautiful land, but the beauty is A rich man.